0: Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Wall. Well, cancer isn't just one disease. It's more than 100 diseases. Cancer research is important to help us better understand these diseases and reduce the immense human and economic tolls that it has. More than 200,000 Canadians will be diagnosed with cancer this year, and the support services they deserve and require come at a significant cost. According to Charity Intelligence, the Canadian Cancer Society raised $122 million so far in 2022. Of this, $46.8 million was invested in research and 52% in support programs like online resources, telephone counseling, transportation, and accommodation, free wigs, prosthetics, and other services. So today we're going to learn about local cancer initiatives and how we can get involved in supporting them. The polka dot trot is the first one we're going to talk about, and it's a five kilometer walk that raises money for all cancers and all funds stay in the province of Newfoundland and Labrador. This is its sixth year for the event, and the first time it will be held out of the city, beginning in Paradise Park and walking around Octagon Pond. Registration is now open and the event is October 16th. Here to tell us more about it is Rebecca Bowering from the Cancer Care Foundation. Let's check it out. Hi Rebecca, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, Mike, how's and Thanks so much for having me.
0: That's uh, great. I'm glad you can come here and share what's up. We're going to be talking today about the uh, upcoming event for the Cancer Care Foundation. But before we get into that, why don't you tell me a little bit about your organization?
1: So the Cancer Care Foundation is a registered charity, and basically the mission is to raise funds for cancer care throughout Newfoundland and Labrador. You know, all money we raise stays in the province, so that we could be be here for the people who need us.
0: And so, so the Cancer Care Foundation, who does it help? Does it help uh, for charities that are trying to raise money? Does it help the people that are having uh, cancer? Does it help the healthcare system? Who does it really impact?
1: So I mean, I guess I would have to say it's kind of a little bit of everything. We have a fund for families who received a cancer diagnosis. Um, It could be for travel, for gas, just different unforeseen expenses. As you know, people often have to stop working for some time. Um, So we have a program in place where you can apply to get some funding help. And so that's, that's a big part of what we do. But We also bought equipment for the cancer center. The point is, is that if, if something is needed, if somebody needs us, then we do our best to make it easier for them or to help out the best we can.
0: Mm -hmm. And so if we look at cancer here in the province, is is it, is it as big of an issue when you guys are looking at it as some of the stuff that I'm seeing in the medical world? Like what are some of the rates here or how does it impact us?
1: Well, you know, I don't know if people really realize this, but stats show that one in two people will receive a cancer diagnosis in their lifetime. So that's a pretty terrifying debt, really. And here in Newfoundland, we have an exceptionally high cancer rate in terms of the other rates nationally, but it's high everywhere. We we definitely have a higher rate than average.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: So we've we've got higher rates of cancer affecting our population here. What are the goals of the organization? So if I donate or get involved and and donate some money towards the Cancer Care Foundation, what is that going to go towards? And what's the goal for you guys with your different programming?
1: Well, I think that the goal for us is to maintain a stable level of fundraising and finances here so that whatever happens, whatever comes up, we can always try to be there for whoever needs us at that time. And we've been doing really well. We get so much support from the people of the province that we're fortunate that people are super active. Everybody's been touched by cancer one way or the other. So I think that We've been able to maintain a stable level of support to make sure that we, we can help whoever needs to be helped, or we can buy that piece of equipment that may have broken, or there's a new piece of an equipment that's better that we can help finance to make sure that we have the best we can give the people here in the province.
0: Mm-hmm. It's very dynamic, and I understand that you know cancer is a very individual diagnosis, and, and everybody's situation is completely different. And you know, things are always changing when it comes to treatments. like you said, so I can completely understand how you'd need new equipment to keep update and make sure we have the best quality of cancer care here in the province. And money does help that process. So let's talk about your upcoming fundraiser called the Polka Dot Trot. Tell me about that.
1: So the polka dot trot is the signature event for the Cancer Care Foundation. Um, It's presented by Johnson Insurance. So it's a five kilometer walk uh, for all cancers and all the money raised stays here. Like I said, in the province, Um, you know, Mike, it's such a super fun event. This year is the sixth annual polka dot trot. Basically, people form teams. Um, Generally, it's due to, you know, it's in honor of somebody or a team member could be battling cancers. People get together, fundraise. You can also select a a particular type of cancer that you want to represent. And that cancer will come with a certain color shirt that your team will wear for the event. We have a lot of fundraising. People are selling tickets. People are, you know, they have bake sales. They have, we're selling Tickets on uh, WestJet flights this year that was graciously donated by our friends at WestJet. So, yeah, people just like really go out of their way. They go crazy fundraising. And then, you know, on October 16th, we're going to all meet at Paradise Park. It's our new venue this year. Mm-hmm. And the trot will take place around Scenic Octagon Pond. It's a super great venue for this event that's cool. basically how it will work. There's, you know, there's a lot more other details, of course, but um, that's pretty <laughs> much how it will work. It's going to be super fun this year. We're going to have like maybe a little entertainment, maybe some extra things. We've got a great new venue, so we're able to kind of throw in a few extra things this year.
0: Oh, that's great. That's great. And like you said, everybody has been affected by cancer in one way or another, either themselves or somebody that they care about. So there's lots of reasons for us to get involved. I know that you know my story of my father with pancreatic cancer, and that's just one of, I'm sure, countless stories here in the province. So it's great to see that people have an outlet for that and able to do some good about, you know, quite often a bit of a very challenging situation for people. Now, if I was going to register, because obviously the people listening to the show are are active uh, or interested in wellness, and they're also interested in health. How do people actually register a team? Is there a website they have to go to or do they contact you guys?
1: Yeah, so they can go to polka.trot.ca. Um, the registration process is pretty simple. Um, you click register, you create an account, then you can add people to your team, or you can register as an individual. You don't need to have a team. If you want to register a team, you it's fun, you get to name your team. So like there's there's just so many, so many teams on there right now. We're, you know, it's going to be really fun this year. Um, You just go on, you register, you select what cancer you want to represent, or you can select all cancers. There's, you might have been affected by more than one. So it's $20 to register that will cover your t-shirt and your medal. So, you know, any fundraising beyond that will go into the team's goal.
0: So you must have lots of stories from different teams. First of all, how many people usually participate or or participated in the past? I know the pandemic has probably changed those numbers, but do you have any favorite stories or favorite teams you've seen in the past?
1: I will, first of all, say that the past two years have been virtual, meaning that people, you know, you still fundraise, you still do your walk. You just don't. You just do it in your own community. People have just been doing their own smaller versions of the walk. But there's been no momentum lost here. It's, it's wild. Um, people stayed on top of their fundraising. They still managed to raise hundreds of thousands of dollars. And last year, we still had, I think it was about 600 participants. So I think this year's going to be even bigger. It's going to be a really exciting kind of event. So yeah, I mean, I was talking with um, a man this morning, his name is Mr. Hutchings. Um, so he was affected. By cancer, and they're from a little town called Bridgeport. And so, Mr. Hutchings every year has p- participated in the polka dot trot. His team's name is Never Say Never, and they're just the most amazing group of people. They will come into Paradise to do the trot this year, but they also have a full community event in support of this. So, they'll do another walkout in their community. They're going to have a dance at the Recreation Center to celebrate the success that they have every year for their fundraising team. They have a parade. It's Mm. like, it's, it becomes a full community event. And it's just, you know, because everybody is so passionate about giving back to the Cancer Care Foundation, just because they were able to avail of it in the past. There's something to be said that when you receive that diagnosis and any kind of burden can be eased, whether it's through financial support, emotional support, you know, anything that we can give back. I think that people are just really grateful and they, they want to support us. Hmm.
0: That's great. Uh, and I don't blame them. It's uh, such an important cause and it sounds like a really fun event. And it's great to see when a whole communities can rally behind it. And congratulations to the, all the teams that are registered for it. But is there anything you want to leave folks with and maybe get those other people that are kind of on the fence and say, maybe I should participate in this event?
1: The event is October 16th. There's still plenty of time to register. It doesn't have to be a stressful thing. You know, have fun with it. Like I said, I have tickets here to sell on a free flight for two anywhere that WestJet flies. So if you want to register a team, send me an email and I can get you 100, 200 tickets to sell and all of that money raised will go to your fundraising. So, I mean, it's just a win-win. I mean, who doesn't want to win a trip, Mike?
0: Yes, exactly. who's on a trip and also help out somebody because we all know that at some point one and two of us are going to be impacted by this disease. So it's great to see folks like yourselves and organizations like the Cancer Care Foundation doing such great things. Rebecca, thanks so much for joining me today.
1: Mike, thank you so much for having me. and yeah, I knew I knew I knew that when I reached out to you, you'd be on board to talk about this. So I just really appreciate it.
0: Today we're learning about local cancer fundraisers and events here in the province. Over half of us have been touched by cancer ourselves and everyone knows someone who's been affected by cancer at some point in their life. We'll be right back to learn more about how we can help support the efforts to find a cure and improve awareness. Breast cancer continues to be the most commonly diagnosed cancer among Canadian women, touching the lives of so many families every day. The CIBC Run for the Cure gives families, friends, and supporters the opportunity to join together to honor and celebrate their loved ones and to make a real difference. Here to tell us more about the event and the other events that Canadian Cancer Society has coming up is Sarah Neal. Let's check it out. Hi Sarah, welcome to the show. Hi, Mike. Thanks for having me. We're going to chat about an organization that I'm very uh, intimate with. Uh, I'm on the board for the Canadian Cancer Society, but can you tell me a little bit about the organization and how it helps individuals in our community?
3: So Canadian Cancer Society's mission is to unite and inspire all Canadians to take control of cancer. So we are the country's largest national contributor of research into all types of cancer. We offer support services that help people better manage life with cancer, find community and connection, and build wellness and resilience. So here in Newfoundland, that would include Daffodil Place, our lodge for cancer patients, and we also offer a wig and prosthesis room where we give out wigs, breast prostheses, turbans free of charge. This is open to the general public as well as people that stay at Daffodil Place. We also advocate for healthy public policies, so we help shape health policies to prevent cancer and to support those living with the disease for our website at www.cancer.ca.
0: I know Daffodil Place well. It does some amazing work for people, and you do a variety of different things for people. So, you know, why is a place like Daffodil Place and the work that Canadian Cancer Society uh, doing, why is it so important for the people in this province?
3: So, an estimated 3,950 residents from Newfoundland and Labrador will be diagnosed with cancer this year. So, this gives our province the uneverable distinction of having the highest incidence of cancer in Canada. So, there's such a heavy financial burden associated with cancer, particularly for people living in rural Newfoundland. So, CCS will help to alleviate that financial burden associated with cancer, with services such as Daffodil Place, which is our home away from home for people diagnosed with cancer who have to travel for appointments.
0: Mm -hmm. And so about how many people come through Daffodil Place each year?
3: So through Daffodil Place, over 800 cancer patients and their caregivers stay annually. Since opening in 2009, we've had over 8,300 stays at Daffodil Place for over 90,000 nights. Wow. So we're approaching a milestone of over 100,000 nights stayed. Mm-hmm.
0: That's a huge amount of people uh, coming through there. But you also mentioned something. Maybe we can explain this real quick. Is um, You talked about the prostheses and the wigs that you also provide people that are dealing with cancer. And you also transport people to and from their appointments, correct?
3: We do. So we have a wig and prostheses room. It's located in Daffodil Place. Currently in COVID-19 times, it's being done virtually. So basically, if you call over your Place, kind of describe what you're looking for. They will bring it out to you. But in a non-COVID world, we would have people come into the room and you get to try on your wigs, turbans in a private, comfortable setting. And each of them are provided for your charge. A lot of our wigs are actually real hair wigs that are donated to us. Now, if people want to contribute.
0: Is there ways that they can volunteer or get involved? And, and after that, maybe we'll chat about some of the events
3: you have coming up. So people can contribute by going online and donating at www.cancer.ca or by calling our 1-800 number, one 939 You can also attend or support one of our upcoming events, which is the Run for the Cure Festival of Trees or our One-Night Stand Against Cancer Radiothon.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's go through some of those different ones. They all sound good. We've been chatting about several different ways that people are getting active to be able to raise uh, money for the different organizations. So let's start with Run for the Cure, and then let's go into some of those fun ones as the holiday come up.
3: So Run for the Cure is happening on Sunday, October 2nd. It's at Kitty Vitti in St. John's. So all funds from the Run for the Cure event go toward breast cancer. We are still looking for teams, and you can sign up to get your team together at www.runforthecure.com.
0: Right on. Perfect. And one of the, my favorite events every year is the Festival of Trees. I remember one year we actually donated a tree that raised significant money to yeah. help the Canadian Cancer Society out. Uh, walk me through that uh, event.
3: So Festival of Trees is celebrating its 25th anniversary this year, and it's on December 1st at the Delta. So this year's event includes a silent auction of art, craft items, and of course, the beautifully decorated Christmas trees. We'll also be doing the live auction, raffles and games. And for the first time, we're actually going to be including entertainment provided by Spirit of Newfoundland. Mm-hmm. So we definitely couldn't do the Festival Trees without our amazing sponsors. So the event itself is presented by ExxonMobil and TD. And every all of our marketing materials this year were created by Jack. And we're also thankful to have Coastal Outdoors, Penny Group, and Quick Print return as well. So tickets are 175 or 1750 for a table of 10. They're officially going on sale on October 1st on the CCS website at www.cancer.ca slash trees, or you can call me at 769-0611.
0: That's excellent. It's such a fun event. It's such a nice way to celebrate the holidays as well and do so for a good cause. And and you mentioned one more, and that was the one night stand. Tell me about that.
3: So on November 17th, we're hosting our sixth annual 24-hour Give Today, Give a Night Radiothon on VOCM, and it's in support of Daffodil Place. So this year's event is hosted by Ben Murphy, Jerry Lynn Mackey, Claudette Burns, and Greg Smith. And so Daffodil Place, as I stated earlier, is Canadian Cancer United Home Away From Home. And it's a 24-hour facility located here in St. John's for cancer patients that travel for cancer treatments. And a stay at Daffodil Place costs only $50 a night, but the actual cost is over $100 to the Canadian Cancer Society. Mm-hmm. So for every $100 made to the radiothon, you can help cover the cost of a comfortable, affordable place for people to stay during their cancer treatments. So this year, we're hoping to raise $350,000 because that would bring our six-year total to over $1.5 million. That's so you can actually start donating now um, on our website. It's www.cancer.ca slash nl
0: that's excellent. I know the team at VLCM's a big supporter of that event as well, so it's nice that we can get the word out uh, early and and make sure people are aware of that. It's a, it's a great cause that people are looking for a way to be able to, to help out. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for walking us through those different things and explaining a little bit more about the Canadian Cancer Society. Thanks for joining us today.
3: Thanks for having me.
0: Today, we're learning about local cancer fundraisers and events here in the province. Over half of us have been touched by cancer ourselves and everyone knows someone who's been affected by cancer at some point in their life. We'll be right back to learn more about how we can help support the efforts to find a cure and improve awareness. The Public Conference on Cancer is a free and virtual conference designed for members of the general public in Newfoundland and Labrador and is scheduled for October 15th of this year. This conference is co-organized with public members that are cancer patients and their family members and the public interest group on cancer research. Attendees will hear about lived experience of cancer patients and family members, cancer screening programs and services, as well as the important role of patient public members in research, outreach, and healthcare related improvements. Here to tell us more is Dr. Sevtap Savash. She joined me from the Faculty of Medicine at Memorial University. Hi, Dr. Savash, welcome back to the show.
4: Hi, Mike. It's always a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me again.
0: Yeah, I was just saying that you are actually the most frequent guest on the radio program. (laughs) And I couldn't pick a better person and a better expert because we're talking about cancer today. And you are putting off an event that we've been talking today about raising money uh, for research and for treatments. But really, you're raising awareness. So what's the rationale behind the public conference on cancer?
4: Right. So it's a really lovely story. So this idea was born during our conversations within the public interest group on cancer research. Some of our audience may remember that we created it last year. It includes Currently, four scientists from man and Eastern Health and 12 cancer patients and family uh, members from Newfoundland and Labrador. So we formed this group because we wanted to, you know, work together, partner together. And one of our aims is to actually, you know, help uh, our population, our um, individuals and families going through cancer. So when we are, when we were having conversations within this group, we realized that everybody brings something new and unique and important to the table, like researchers, healthcare providers, but cancer patients and families, they have lived experiences, there are rich perspectives um, and opportunities and issues as well. So we thought that we can connect all of these dots together, researchers, healthcare providers, systems, general public and cancer patients have family perspective, experiences, opportunities, knowledge. So this is how we come up with the idea. We said that, you know, we can connect this, we can make an event to actually exchange knowledge among everyone in this province, because cancer is such an important disease, right? It affects a significant portion of our uh, community, especially as we age. Um, so we thought that for everyone, there is something in this conference. So we applied for funding, got funding from Office of Public Engagement at Man, and we got support from other units at Man as well. So now we are organizing and it's, it's really, as I said, I think there is at least one thing for everyone uh, in this uh, conference. Um, and we really would like to welcome everyone to come join us on October 15th. Right. Okay. So let's just scoot right ahead and just say, you know,
0: what what is the sort of uh, topics within the, in yeah. the conference? And then also... Who can attend? Can it can anybody attend?
4: Yes. So this uh, conference is designed for the residents of Newfoundland and Labrador. However, there is some interest uh, going in, the, in other parts of the culture. So we really would like uh, our residents interested in attending to register. And I'm going to give this information, I think, at, at the end of our conversation. Uh, anybody can attend. It's public, it's free, it's online, so that you know anyone who has got an access to computer and internet uh, can attend. Um, And the the, the topics you say, it's really important. As I said, everybody brought something new to the table and it's a very common disease. We said, like, what is it that can benefit? Like, what is the most important priority in terms of exchanging knowledge? So we have three broad topics. The first one is, uh, of course, the patient and caregiver perspectives and experiences when it comes to cancer. It's really very important. We have five patient and caregiver speakers, which is awesome. So, uh, and they are going to talk about a number of different uh, perspectives. Uh, for example, uh, if you survive pediatric cancers in adult life, what are the opportunities and issues and experiences? Or hereditary cancers, where you know the cancer runs in the family, and how this is why the clinic, the uh, clinic becomes really important for these families. And we also have a guest speaker, patient speaker from Saskatchewan, um, um, Tristan Blood. She is actually a trans man and ovarian cancer survivor, and the members of the you know 2S LGBTQIA plus community. Uh, I don't think you know a lot of. Uh, publications also suggest that they they may not be getting the proper healthcare you know oncology so he's going to talk about you know these adventures and so on so so these are really important patient lived experiences and we also have a caregiver to speak about their experiences so i think this is really important to hear those these are real mm-hmm. stories real experiences the mm-hmm. second broad theme is of course you know what can what is offered in our pop to our population to help them protect them themselves from cancer. It's really very important, right? We have actual population cancer screening programs for cervical, breast, and uh, colon cancer, and so on. So, um, and um, also, you know, so this is really important. So we will have conversations about this. There are cons and pros, you know, let's share this knowledge as well and interact. And um, of course, Another part of cancer control is if someone is diagnosed with cancer, their family members and themselves have some support uh, needs. For example, navigating the clinical system is never easy. So, but luckily we have the nurse navigator program here. So we are going to, you know, increase awareness about this that uh, can benefit a lot of patients and families. There are uh, social oncology uh, worker program again very important um, uh, counseling service for. Um, patients and families. We are having a speaker talk about this as well. And also, you know, the financial uh, support and other supports are provided by the, uh, the Cancer Care Foundation. So all these, you know, important knowledge opportunities for people in need, there will be talks. And the third part is, of course, the importance of partnering with the public and patients like we have been doing here. So it's a national strategy actually, and we are very successful with the public interest group on cancer research. So we are just going to talk about this as well. Three Mm -hmm. different uh, broad topics, but very rich discussions. We have 17 speakers. Yeah, I, I
0: mean, I think about, you know, the topics you spoke about there, you know, sometimes people, when they think uh, a conference on cancer, you'd think just scientific information, but a lot of the information there is about the individuals being able to be uh, able to navigate the system better, you know, what are the goals for somebody who's attending, like, if, if I was to attend this, what would you hope I would get out of this?
4: Right, so uh, I think the, there are a number of different things. As I said, there is it is one thing for everyone. So if they are interested in, for example, reducing their cancer risk through taking advantage of uh, free cancer screening programs. Uh, this is something, and there are barriers to that as well. I'm pretty sure, so we will learn from our attendees. So I really encourage everyone to come and exchange their knowledge with us and live the experiences. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, in terms of uh, cancer patients, and family, it's a very difficult time upon diagnosis, going through treatment and maybe prognosis or grief, end of life as well. So, but it's important for those individuals to know that there are support services available to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if they need it, there are services available to them and they can benefit from them. So we really would like either for ourselves or someone we know, we may want to actually, you know, really understand that there are opportunities for uh, that can benefit uh, the, or we can benefit or patients and families can benefit from. So this, I think, will benefit a lot of people. That's right. Increasing, you know, awareness about the services is really great. And then uh, in terms of partnering with us, yeah, I mean, we are, you know, I'm a researcher, I'm partnering with uh, public members, patients, and, you know, all I can say is that how wonderful that is, and I'm going to talk about this, yeah. but it's also about, you know, how they are, uh, how public members or patients' opinions efforts are so important for us towards uh, making a positive change. I really would like yeah. them to uh, understand, you know, understand this and believe in this. And so that we can continue to partner uh, successfully in the future, hopefully in in every step that we do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things I really admire about your research is that you not only do the traditional scientific research, but you do uh, work very closely with the patients and see how that research translates into the real world with people. Now, if our listeners want to register for the event, how do they go about doing that?
4: So, there are a number of ways. Uh, if they have access to email, they can email me at savas at and I'm spelling it S A V as in Victor A S at man.ca. So, savas at mandasier. The second thing is that they can Google five words. I'm going to say this now because I worked on it. So, if they Google YAFL and public interest, uh, public conference on cancer, the first uh, entry is our Yaffle entry for this project. And the first sentence uh, in the, on that page is the registration page. So I will repeat it again. Yaffle, Y-A-F-F-L-E, Public Conference on Cancer. Just Google it. The first entry is our Yaffle entry of, for this conference. And the first sentence of this entry or page is the registration page.
0: We'll be sure to put that on our social media as well so that people can click that link and, and participate. Oh, yes. uh, Dr. Spash, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing this. And also, thanks for all your efforts. I'm sure this was a tremendous amount of work, and I know it's going to benefit a lot of people. So thank you very much.
4: Thank you. Thank you for this. And it's always a pleasure to be here. Thanks.
0: Today, we're learning about local cancer fundraisers and events here in the province. Over half of us have been touched by cancer ourselves, and everyone knows someone who's been affected by cancer at some point in their life. We'll be right back to learn more about how we can help support the efforts to find a cure and improve awareness.
4: The cancer had spread, and now I've got cancer in my lungs, and uh, I've got to go home and try and, try and do some more treatment. But uh, all I can say is uh, if there's any way I can get up there again and finish it, I will. In
0: 1980, with one leg having been amputated due to cancer, Terry Fox embarked on an east to west cross-Canada run to raise money and awareness for cancer research. Although the spread of his cancer eventually forced him to end his quest after 143 days and 5,373 kilometers, where he ran nearly a marathon a day, he eventually lost his life to the cancer he was fighting. His efforts have resulted in a lasting, worldwide legacy. The Terry Fox Run has raised $850 million to date and funded over 1,300 research projects. Of the almost $26 million fundraising dollars so far in 2022, the Terry Fox Foundation and the TFRI has distributed over $16 million in support of international cancer research organizations. This year's local Terry Fox Run will be held on Sunday, September 18th at Kitty Bitty Lake and starts at the St. John's Regatta Boathouse. Registration opens at 10 a.m. And here to share more is Debbie Curtis, who's a longtime organizer and participant in the run. Hi, Debbie. Welcome to the show.
2: Hi, Mike. Nice to be here.
0: Yeah, so we're talking about some of the different events that are happening here in the province and and locally when it comes to raising money for cancer. And you're on the run organizing committee for the Terry Fox Run. Tell me a bit about what you do and uh, really uh, maybe we start off at the very beginning and tell me the story of Terry Fox.
2: Um, Terry Fox is a great uh, has a great story, and I think it resonates with many Newfoundlanders and Labradorians. Um, he was a young man from British Columbia who, at the age of eighteen, was a university student, varsity athlete in in BC, and was uh, diagnosed with cancer and had his leg amputated. Um, and then, from there, when he was in treatment, uh, was struck by the number of uh, just the. Uh, turmoil, I guess, and the and the suffering of young people with cancer. And he started thinking about the Marathon of Hope, which, um, like I said, many, many people are aware of. So at 18, he was a university student and then at uh, 19 as a cancer survivor. And then by 21, he was a hero in Canada and around the world. And uh, he remains that uh, for many, many of us. uh, as we think about his his legacy. So he started his run 42 years ago in St. John's, Newfoundland, Labrador, in uh, St. John's Harbour. So like I said, a young man, 21 years old, and people thought, what in the name of God is he going to be doing here? You know, wanted to run across Canada on one leg. Yeah. And uh, so we set off in April in uh, in Newfoundland. Can you picture it? Right, (laughs) (laughs) that would be a cold run. Uh, Yeah, yeah, it was a cold run. He had shorts on, and and Terry wanted. I've heard so many stories about Terry over the years, and um, but one was like he wanted to wear shorts because he wanted he wasn't hiding the fact that he was an amputee, and um, and. Really, that was part of the symbol for him that uh, you can do anything if you try. And that's one of the quotes from Terry. And what a wonderful quote for all of us to think about hey, in our lives, whether you're a cancer survivor or if you're an athlete, if you're a person with a disability, whoever you are, if you think about that. And I know in my life, I've thought about it many times and I often think of Terry and it's has been so inspiring to me. But so, yeah, it all started in 1980 here in St. John's. And I know for the Fox family, um, St. John's has 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 a special place in their hearts and all of their family has has been here over the years um, and visited. And Fred Fox, Terry's older brother, was just here last week. And uh, he loves coming to Newfoundland, Labrador and and meeting people because he knows the reception that Terry received here as Mm -hmm. that young man being so far away from home and uh, just wanted to run home and raise money for for cancer.
0: Okay. And so, you know, for people that might not know the true story, what he accomplished physically Mm. is just unimaginable for anybody, let alone somebody who's a cancer survivor who has one leg and the prosthetics in his generation were not what they are today. So maybe just quickly run us through what did he do every day to get across the country?
2: Sure. So Terry uh, wanted to do a marathon a day and he did that um, every day uh, for, I think it was 143 days before he had to stop in Thunder Bay, Ontario. And uh, he was very diligent about how he did that. Like he would get up at four in the morning and run um, for, you know, however many miles. Then he'd take a break and have a meal and he'd answer calls. Like he didn't have a press secretary or anything like that, you know, Uh like it was him and his buddy and then his brother joined them in new brunswick so they they set off and uh, and then you know later on in the day then he'd pick up the miles and yeah so he had uh, i think there was only one or two days that he didn't run during that 143 period so he started here in april and he stopped uh, september 1st in uh, in thunder bay and that the reason why he stopped because his cancer had returned sadly yeah. and um so Terry's dream when he started, remember it was 1980, wanted to raise a million dollars. And we think about that now, like, oh, right. Uh, but it was in Basque that that all changed. And it became um, when he realized that that town of 10,000 people raised $10,000, he thought it was, me. I can picture it on the, you know, ferry crossing that um, he thought if that can happen, uh when then what about one one dollar for every canadian and so that's when that changed so he just often said if, if you give a dollar you're part of the marathon of hope so you know looking ahead to the terry fox runs coming up this next weekend um you know we still say that there's no minimum requirement if you give a dollar you're part of the marathon of hope and so it's very accessible for for people and um, and you know, as I said, um, that connection to hair so is so important for us to think about. So um, yeah, so this weekend, September eighteenth, the Terry Fox Run is uh, usually the third Sunday in September. Uh, I think it's the second Sunday after Labor Day. Sorry. And so in Newfoundland, Labrador, there'll be twenty-seven runs, and the one in Saint John's will be happening at Kitty Vitty Lake, starting this year at the Boathouse. House. It's a uh, just a just moved a little bit and registration starts at 10 o'clock with the run uh, starting at 11 and mike it's important for people to know that the uh, run is um, we call it a run because terry fox wanted to be known that it was a, a he was running mm-hmm. across canada but it is a walk run people ride their bike you know whatever whatever you can um, and it's a rain or shine event again thinking about mm-hmm. terry running across canada in, in the spring and summer of 1980 i mean he in cross Newfoundland, I'm sure he got lots of uh, wind and snow and sleet and everything else, and he continued every day. So it's a rain or shine event, pet friendly uh, here in uh, Saint John's, and um, you know there's merchandise available. What well, another neat thing I'd like to share today is how uh, as a uh, former as an athlete himself um you know we have a strong connection at, at st john's run with the mon seahawks the athletes right. so when you come down to the uh, terry fox run and kitty viddy lake on sunday you'll see lots of people uh, from the mon seahawks teams and that's cool. a tribute to uh to terry it's pretty cool actually that uh, the basketball team and terry was a member of the varsity basketball team at uh, in BC um, that they always have a special place at our, run and lead us in a warm up. but you'll see lots of other athletes there as well. Um, mm-hmm. And um, so that's, you know, that's a, like I said, a, a pretty neat uh, tradition that we've upheld here in the, at St. John's run.
0: All right. so That's excellent to know that there's going to be people down there that are participating from all different groups, but, when somebody wants to enroll or sign up, do they have to be part of a team? Can they do it themselves? Like how do they get more information on the run and like who's sort of going to be attending or who can participate?
2: Right. So uh, that's a great question. And, and people can um, go to uh, terryfox.org to uh, to sign up and uh, collect ped- pledges online or use the old-fashioned pledge sheets if they want. Uh, we'll have lots of people on Sunday who have been asked, many terry fox runs over the years it's great to see so many people come back so some people show up that day with a donation and others have been collecting uh pledges for for a while so there will be teams you mentioned that uh, Mm -hmm. so some corporate teams some uh, family teams Uh, i know my family has had a team in the terry fox run for many years and it's a, a you know big tradition for us uh, but the, we'll see lots of familiar faces on, on Sunday I know at the the St John's run and like I said uh, different corporate teams will so be coming out another important team for the Terry Fox run is cancer survivors and you'll see red shirts on Sunday and they represent uh, what we call Terry's team and uh, those are that's an inspiring group of people and uh, you know people on our run committee uh, Trudy power Haley who who you'll be talking to probably as well who uh, will share their story and the inspiration that they get. And it's wonderful to see uh, those Terry's team members come back year after year. And so many people we've talked to say that, you know, if they, they had the same cancer as Terry and, um, and because of the research and the funding uh, that's been uh, done as a result of the Terry Fox runs uh, across Canada and across uh, internationally as well, that that research has been effective in uh, extending people's uh, lives and, and leading to uh, better treatment outcomes for for them. So that's a legacy of the Terry Fox run, and, and as I said, I've heard many people over the years uh, speak to that um, yeah. as well. So
0: I think that's an important thing too. I mean, you know, we've talked to Cancer Care Foundation, the Canadian Cancer Societies are all groups that we, we talk about quite regularly here on the, on the program, but the money that's raised, um, can you just quickly go through some of the things it's used for and, and who that reaches?
2: Sure. So the Terry Fox, um, uh- foundation, all the money raised, uh, well, you know, a portion goes to the administration, but they've always kept that to as a, a low uh, rate as, as possible. And I know there was a time when it was said about 85% of funding, uh, uh, fundraising done, uh, went to cancer research. That is a big part of the Terry Fox Foundation. Terry Fox family is very involved in the Terry Fox Foundation because Terry, as a young, young man, let's remember, he died at 22, but he set out what he want that foundation to include and he you know, there were specific things in terms of the integrity of, of the, uh, the organization in his name that he wanted to uphold. And one of them was that Money Goal to Research yeah. for better outcomes, for, for better treatment and, and prevention and, and those types of things. So uh, there is a Terry Fox uh, Research uh, Institute that um, and, and some of the funding I know uh, here at Memorial University, there is a research um, a program as a result of the Terry Fox uh, Research Foundation. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's some local impact that's that we're seeing as a result of, of the funding.
0: That's excellent. That's excellent. It's important for people to know where their money's going, but also Mm -hmm. if they're doing a good cause. There's so many different good things that we contribute to, but cancer is something that affects such a huge proportion of our population, if not ourselves at some point Mm -hmm. in our lives. So I really appreciate you uh, sharing that information. Now, is there anything you want to leave our audience with as we start to wind down here?
2: I think that being a part of the Terry Fox run, as I said, has been very inspiring for me over the years. And when people learn about uh, Terry's story and it's, you know, as as I grow older, I just think what a young man he was, you know, I've children almost this age of Terry Fox, but I see him as this, you know, Canadian hero, this person to look up to. And, and for people who are looking for inspiration, can read about Terry Fox or watch some of the documentaries done on him, talk, see, you know, some interviews with some of his family members, uh, talk to people who've been inspired by him. And um, it is quite uh, enlightening and like I said, inspiring. The Terry Fox monument that's in St. John's it marks the spot where he started. And there's lots of plaques there and beautiful quotes and, um, and of, um, an amazing statue of, uh, of Terry. So um, again, I like to run by there sometimes and, and it helps remind me that, you know, anything is possible if you try. It's a great, it's a great thing to remember.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, I think that's, uh, the saying is if life gives you lemons, make orange juice and make them wonder how you did it. And that's, <laughs> that's that was sounds like the attitude that, that he had mm-hmm. and what a, what an amazing impact. And you're right. He is a Canadian mm-hmm. hero and a, mm-hmm. and a real story we should celebrate and share. So thanks so much for coming on today and sharing it and good luck with the run and anybody tuning in, please check out their website or head down and, and enroll yourself, get some activity, go for a walk or go for a little jog, whatever you feel like, mm-hmm. but definitely, uh, get out there, get active for a good cause
2: thanks for the opportunity mike to talk to you today
0: thank you for joining me today when we think about all the amazing advances we see in cancer research we may think of the brilliant scientists and doctors who are making those discoveries the reality is each time we sign up for a fundraiser a walk whenever we donate or volunteer we're also contributing to that cure and supporting those whose discoveries may one day save our own lives there are lots of worthy charities and causes. Today was just a sample, but one that impacts many of us when we talk about cancer. Whatever you decide to do, make that action positive and make sure it's one that makes the world a better place, and maybe even a healthier place. That's our show this week. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Wall. We'll see you back here next week for another episode of The Wall Show on your VOCM.